तो प्रणाम तो रुपये गुड आफ्टरनून थैंक यू फॉर शेयरिंग योर फ्रेशस कंपनी हियर यू कैन हियर मे टू मैच यू कैन गेट क्लोजर एस यूशल माय थ्रोट्स हैज इट्स लिमिट्स सो वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग टुडे विद आवर सीरीज ऑफ वर्ड्स एंड थॉट्स एंड होपफुली इंसेक्ट्स अबाउट नरसिमहादेव and the ragamark and the role of sri narahari in the path of of that devotion that follows in the footsteps of of, of the brajalok of the inhabitants of vrindavan as we introduced yesterday which is the role of nishim hadev for us gaudiya vaishnavas because it, it may be a deity as we mentioned that may be invoked in certain particular circumstances that we say today there's no problem if you want to pray to nishim hadev for not having a car crash <laughs> but hopefully we do not limit that to that that's important you can even you, you may be in some dangerous situation okay you can take shelter nishim hadev better do that than do nothing but ideally hopefully we do not only approach him in those moments so how and the, the question is 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 there a place for approaching him in the context of all that the raga marg represents yes bhaktinath thakur is there to shed light on that in the context of his navadvi bhava taranga so yesterday we we began with analyzing the first of five prayers he presented to shrim hadev in the context of his pilgrimage into the sacred land of nadia specifically the context of these five verses are bhaktinath thakur wandering and rolling on the ground in ecstasy in, in the land of godrum which is his favorite his place of residence let's say eternal place of residence that particular unique place in the whole navadvip area connected to to kirtan interestingly so we make some important connections between nrsim hadev and kirtan and how he's protector of the sankirtan movement and the protector of bhagavan sri krishna in the leela in nandishwar in nitanavadvip or the form of his own name in Srivas house and so many other connections blessing us to proper understand Srimad Bhagavatam following the footsteps of Sridhar Swami and so on so yesterday's first verse just a very brief recap as you may recall Bhaktivinoda Thakur was praying to Nishim Hadev to please help me to um, to transcend the six enemies come crawl the low my heart is infested infested you say with them and on top of that pratistasya pratista he say kutinati duplicity cheer cunning thirst for position false position in this world and so on so please help me with deal to deal with them and give me the exclusive desire to serve sri krishna so implying of course our idea is not you have to purify your heart from tip to toe I, only then you can speak or hear about krishna but the proper connection with krishna lila can help us to like vikreditam brajabadu viridam to vishnu says the bhagavatam sadam bitana srinyada tabarna yet bhaktim param bhagavati pratilabhakavam hitrogamapasapi asapahinote chireinati so the disease of the heart which is calm self separate desire can be relinquished sukadev says by hearing the rasa lila <laughs> interesting by hearing that section that sometimes someone may say you can only go there when you have all your senses under control but sukadev is saying 
you can hear this section and you can have your senses under control by hearing that. But of course, that's in a particular context with proper guidance. It's possible for sure. That's the power of Harikata. And that's only insignificant power of Harikata to help you to control your senses. That's just the, the, the preface to all that Harikata can bestow. On top of that, Bhaktim Param Bhagavati and Parabhakti can be bestowed by just hearing Harikata. But at the same time, again, there is place to... Okay, Bhakti is totally powerful. Hmm? Uh, but in the context of our sadhana, in the context of our sadhaka project, if you will, there is place for acknowledging certain possible chapters of messiness, as we say yesterday. But not to over-identify with them, because we are not that messiness. <laughs> That's a subtle line. Not to, to acknowledge them, but not over-identify no, with them. What to speak of over-identify? Identify enough to acknowledge them, but not over-identify as to think, that's me, and get discouraged or whatever, get distracted. So, so Nishimha Bhagavan has a role to play in connection to this, helping us as Bhakti Bhikya Bhaginasana, clearer of obstacles in the path of Bhakti. So we will share some further ideas today. The first verse was just a summary of the four verses that are left. So today we will continue with the second verse. Um, which is verse 37 in the Navadhi Bhavataranga. So it says like this. Kandiya nishrimha padi magibo kakhan nirapadi navadvipi jugala bhajan bhaya bhaya paya janra darshane sehari prasanna hoiva kabe more dayakari So Thakur Bhaktivinod is praying to Nishrimha Dev while rolling on the dust of Godrum Dweep, try to enter into the, the portal. This is a por each verse is a portal for us. No? Remember that all these verses have a potential. As we have a potential as Tathasta Shakti, <laughs> all of these verses are portals of, of Swarup Shakti no? that can really give entrance into a particular eternal moment in the life of someone like Thakur Bhakti. You know, then hopefully, as we say yesterday, not only finish the whole series as much as possible, as quick as possible, but hopefully get stuck in one of those sections for eternity and be trapped into the <laughs> yeah the web of mercy. We are there. No? So he's saying, when will I cry? And of course, hopefully we identify with this call. When will I cry at the feet of Nushimha, the and pray that I may serve the divine couple in Navadvip without disturbance. So different elements are there. When will I cry on one side the feet of Nishrim Hadev? So and pray that I may serve the divine couple, Susirad and Krishna, in Navadvip, interestingly, without disturbance. So many implications in all of this section. <laughs> and that's the first part of the verse only. When will this Lord Hari, Narahari, whose terrible form strikes fear into fear himself itself? ever become pleased and show me his mercy. So, this is the verse we are trying to unpack today. Kandiyani Srimhapadi Magibo Kakhan. Kakhan means when, when or when. There are many nice prayers of Bhaktivinotakur. Kakhan or Kabi Havik, oh, when or when, that day will be mine, when this, when that. Again, full of longing, full of, of hope. Hmm? That's the, 
that's the very gift as we say yesterday no if i cannot attain my goal at least let me die with that hope embracing the hope uh, just i want the hope to to die with embracing the hope and that's what srila gurudev is giving us that's the pranam mantra we were reciting today radhika madhavasam says raghunadas goswami radhakundan giri baramaho radhika madhava asam 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 means hope so he has given me the hope of the eternal prospect that means of service to the divine couple so he gave me that hope radhika madhavasam prapto yasya pratitta kripaya shri gurum tamnatoshmi and therefore i'm so indebted so many gifts have come from him i offer my pranam and pranam means my life is being thrown into the fire of dedication unto his feet so so again his bhakti notagor is also starting the pray with this idea of when oh when again it's not just when like when you are you are asking oh when this will happen when will that this is when surcharged with <laughs> drenched in tears no when when that will come when that will happen he's asking when i will cry he say kandiya kandiya many kandiya kandiya means cry so when i will cry that's that's a question we we hear all our acharyas saying we have to cry for krishna all, all agree on this point they may disagree on many other things but they will all agree in this point no we have to learn to cry we have to open this crying school basically this is a famous class that pamsidas baba ji one gave this is i think the shortest lecture in the history of gaudiya vaishnavism i think the question was longer than the than the whole lecture so the question the devotee well, well baba ji maharaj how we could do this and this and attain the goal well, long question and he said i have the answer with one word is in cry and no prashadam bin prashadam crying <laughs> <laughs> hopefully everyone began crying after that i don't know the power of someone like bamsi das baba ji maybe we say cry so try to read in between those those few three letters you know? right of course pro public santa will say if you will tell him i cannot cry so he will say what you know his answer well then cry because you cannot cry <laughs> and what if that doesn't happen then you cry because you cannot cry because you cannot cry and so at some point you have to and again the crying doesn't necessarily represent some some watery element coming from outside your eye that can happen of course at one point but the crying is because you can go to a drama school and learn to cry like like this <laughs> i think so that that you can make a professional show of all these things no? so and that's why rupa goswami says when he mentions this <clears throat> asta satvika vikara or classical symptoms in bhava bhakti say but you can learn all of them in the dramatic school so there are some other nine internal symptoms that will really show who is a bhava bhakta even if tears are not there <laughs> you will show your re- your tears through different daily examples also so well, let's continue because i got stuck in the first word of the verse kakana <laughs> when <laughs> that's the potential of trying to embrace what bhaktanotakur is saying just with the word when we can just enter the when that's all when <laughs> but the when coming from someone like bhaktanotakur you don't need anything else when <laughs> so kakana kandiya when i will cry hmm? Nisrimhapadi Magibu. So Nisrimha 
Hadi al defeat of Narasimha Hadev. When I will cry Magibo, Magibo means pray, praying. So again, now an interesting idea starts to come. Before saying I will pray, he's saying I will cry. When I will cry, so I can pray. So that's an interesting way of qualifying the whole notion of, of prayer. No, prayer is not like a like a professional uh, what to speak mechanical engagement. Okay, now I will I will chant my rounds. I mean that means I will pray. And ideally that means I will cry. <laughs> Sometimes we don't play out all the sequential implications of that and that just remains in a have to finish this number. So from one side you have I have to finish a number and on the other side you have crying. <laughs> Sincerely. Tearing apart your chest on one side and the other side counting. No? So chanting is one thing, count counting is another thing. And chanting means again praying, crying. <laughs> In a particular direction. So he says, Nirapati Navadvipe Jugalabhajan. So when I will in Navadvip, Jugalabhajan. So I will worship Bhajan, I will serve. The word Bhajan is difficult to translate into English in one word. You can say worship, but it's, it's not worship technically, it's more yeah, giving pleasure to the object of your affection, Seva. That's the word seva. Sometimes seva we translate service. But sometimes it's tricky because with our lexicon you say service and you just may get accustomed to think, do st doing stuff. No? <laughs> do, doing things. Oh, he's doing service. Oh, yeah. He's like physically working a lot, basically. And it's okay if, if, if your heart is in the right place, for sure. But seva means giving pleasure to the object of your affection. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, as Kamala Manjari, his, eternally his service is to prepare comfort lamps. You can imagine. It, it doesn't sound like a, a great service, if you will. If you ask some devotee here, so what's, what's your service? I do comfort lamps. You may think like, okay, and what else? You give some big donation to the temple? Have you opened how many temples? How many devotees? Have you? I prepare comfort lamps. But all myself is invested. There, from tip to toe. <laughs> and for eternity. Are you ready to do only comfort lamps for eternity? It's not only. But I don't understand. Inside that comfort lamp is... <laughs> the burning comfort lamp is the burning comfort lamp of your heart. Now, that's the whole idea. Of when you offer a comfort lamp to Diti, when you offer a ghee, wick, wick. I mean, it has to do with light and it has to do with with heat. So when, when the fire of my heart, the passion of my heart gets so intense that it will create the proper light to see my deity. Mm -hmm. that the only, the, that's the only idea of using the lamp. Like I have to see it clearly, but the, you will see it clearly not by only light, but by fire. So the fire has to activate here and that will shed the proper light that you will appreciate your your Easter day. Mm -hmm. So he say nirapadi. Nirapadi means without disturbance. So we will try to explain what does Bhaktivinoda means by worshiping the divine couple in Navadvi, which again is an interesting idea. We will try to elaborate also. Happen without disturbance. Hmm? Shri Mahadev is quite well known for helping us of, to deal with disturbance. <laughs> And he further qualifies his petition by saying, Bhaya Bhaya Paya Yandra Darashani Sihari. So Bhaya Bhaya means uh, <clears throat> fear becomes fearful. 
of himself. We have many prayers in the Bhagavatam also like striking fear and to fear itself and so on. So Payadanjandra Darsani Hari. So this Hari, when he gives his darshan, fear himself becomes petri petrified, you say? Hmm? Hmm. That's important point there also. Because fear all Sila Siramaswal says suspicion leads to suspension. Hmm? So fear paralyzes us, doesn't allow us to really move. Hmm? What to speak Raga Bhakti. Raga Bhakti sometimes is translated as spontaneous service, like implies a flow, it implies a move, as you say yesterday, a descending current. But fear on the other side freezes, freezes everything, like chuk, chuk, you cannot move. <laughs> so Nishim Hadev is there to instill fear and to fear itself. In other words, promoting proper bisramba, proper confidence, proper trust, faith. Prasanaho ibu kabe more dayakari. So prasana means pleased. So whenever will he ever become pleased with me? Prasana, haiva, maridhayakari. Dayakari means give me his blessing, give me his mercy. So will he ever because become pleased with me and show me with his blessings? That's how Bhaktivinoda Thakur finishes his prayer, crying and crying. Do not forget this part because it qualifies all every one of his words basically. Every one of his words are again drenched in his tears. Like the famous Bhagavatam commentary of Sri Gadadar Pandit, you know the story. I won't go there is a no return ticket. <laughs> Unfortunately, hopefully I, I get that ticket actually indeed. But Srinivasacharya went to learn Bhagavatam from Gadadar Pandit and when he went there he found like Gadadar had his Bhagavatam, but the, the pages of the Bhagavatam, if you want to call them pages, like the, how do you say, the, the palm, oh, palm leaf, whatever, there was no script there. Everything was erased, erased by Gadadar's tears. So it was an empty Bhagavatam, empty with many quotation marks. <laughs> that was the fullest, most, most condensed edition of the essence of the Bhagavatam, but the Blank pages, one after the other, because it was only the tears of Gadadar Pandit, no? as we were reciting the Pranam Mantra. Today. That's the way Gadadar engaged in, in Bhagavad Puja. He offered, instead of offering water with the conch shell, he offered tears directly. He didn't need the, the whole paraphernalia for the Arctic. All them were came organically through him. The lamp of his heart, as, as mentioned before, like fire of passion, the tears, and so on. So there was no Bhagavatam. But there was the essence of Bhagavatam were those blank pages. If you have the eyes to read them, <laughs> if you find those tears there. So similarly here, every single word of these prayers is not just... Again, it's not back to Notakur thinking, okay, I'll write some prayers so the sadakas who will read this book will be inspired to, to pray in some... No, he's desperately crying and drenching the paper where he's writing and so on and, and sharing his trance with us. So here we are in... in What's the name of the area? Hillsboro? Chapel. Chapel Hill, sorry. So trying to take advantage of that. <laughs> Some centuries after that. The tears remain there. The drenching is available to all of us there. <laughs> yeah. So let's share some words about, about this Jai Kanura. <laughs> so, Bhakti Nod is praying again to, in connection to some of the ideas also of, of, we shared yesterday, 
Remember, these verses are extensions of the very first verse. So Thakur Bhaktivinoda is praying to, to worship without disturbance. Hmm? We have to understand this, no? because we may take that like, oh, he doesn't want to go out his comfort zone or something. <laughs> but it's not that type of disturbance, if you, if you can understand. It's important. Sometimes the same words is being used from very different sides, hmm? from a Mahabhagavata and from a Kanishta Bhakta. Without this, I don't want disturbance. But what Bhakti Notakur is saying with that, and what, what I may say with that. So, of course, again, we go to this idea of the six enemies, that somehow or other, and furthermore than six he mentioned yesterday. And uh, they are quite ingrained. Ingrained, you say in English? Ingrained in us? This Kama, Kroda, Lupa, Madha, Mohammed, Sarya, Pratista. Kutinati, the level of ingrainity, <laughs> you follow my idea, ingrainness, whatever, uh, from Anadi. There is no beginning point that we have been sharing room with this, which we have been co-hosting all these fellows in our shed. I learned the word, okay. <laughs> they are so ingrained with us, they are like like our guts. You say in English, guts? My yeah. guts? Hmm? So they are there, like from Anadi, time without beginning. So sometimes we even trust hmm, those those guts, and those guts may be our enemies. And sometimes you say, oh, my guts are telling me this, but hmm, there are different type of guts. So you can see which one are there. Hmm? So if those guts are there, our enemies, so we have to pray to Nishrin Hadev so he comes and take out all of those gods that he gives with Niranyakashipu. <laughs> we can take this idea of the all intense intestines that he was garlanding himself with. Okay, there are all these ingrained on art from time without beginning, ingrained as gods in god-like terms. Nishrin Hadev, please do your work. Take up, take apart these obstacles, basically. Bhakti Bhikya Vinasan means clean of obstacle. Again, obstacle is not outside of me. Obstacles are not other people. Please annihilate my enemies, kill my whatever. No, but strict with yourself, merciful with others, as Prabhupada will say. In other words, we, we have to address Mishrim Bhagavan in the context of sincerity. Help me to be sincere. Help me to, to do a comprehensive acknowledgement of we share the idea of sincerity sometimes, I think, no? I, I share with you where, where the, the word is coming from, etymologically. Tamal Krishna knows because he speaks Spanish. We have sincera, sincera. In, in English will be without wax, wax, you say? So in the times of Brahman Empire and all that, they were selling these big blocks of, uh, how do you say, marble? Marble. marble. I share the story, yeah. And some of them were selling the big blocks of marble with uh, cracks, cracks, but most of them were like covering the cracks with wax, white wax. So you see the marble block, and it was like, great, this is the perfect thing to do my work of art. <laughs> but of course, you were working, and when you hit on the crack, you lost everything. In the same way, if you try to practice without acknowledging your cracks, at one point something collapsed. But the other ones, the more honest vices in the marble market, <laughs> they were showing all the cracks 
and they were saying sincera sincera means without wax without wax i'm not covering the cracks sincera without sin wax cera so you can work and you can make a piece of art including the cracks that's a real art i mean it's not the one that is trying to put everything below the carpet but acknowledges embraces all the so-called imperfection and make a piece of art out of that and cracks included so to be sincere basically means to present ourselves in the market of mercy <laughs> with all our cracks and, and beg for mercy, make a piece of art out of me, something like this. Put your hands in the hands of the expert carver, the guru, the sadhu, and he will know what to do with your cracks and make a very beautiful presentation. <laughs> you may become offerable to, to Bhagavan eventually. But we have to be willing to do so. And again, we are in Kali Yuga, which has to do both, mostly with the denial of all, of all this stuff. Hypocrisy basically means I don't want to acknowledge that stuff. So, of course, for this we have to take shelter in Mahaprabhu, the parallel version, not Kali Yuga, but Gora Yuga, we could say, in the Golden Age, as sometimes it's called. <laughs> and we have to recognize whatever cheating may be with us yet. We were saying yesterday in, in our series of lectures on the Brahma Gita, we are studying how Sri Radha is calling Krishna a cheater verse after verse, after verse after verse. <laughs> and we should be very careful of not doing copy-paste of those shlokas and go to hell, basically. <laughs> and we should understand, if I someday will call Krishna a cheater in a tasteful way, in a way that will increase rasa, the experience of rasa for everyone, first I have to call myself a cheater from tip to toe. And it's a healthy way, of course, I'm saying. I have to really be willing to acknowledge all the cheating propensities that may be there. And as much as I do my homework, that will take me eventually, in the context of proper seva, that will take me eventually to a situation when I may call Krishna a cheater and, and he will relish that. Everyone will relish that. But in the beginning stage of the sadhakas, maybe the most relishable thing will be, as we say yesterday, Chetudarpanamarjana. We have to find the taste there. Mahaprabhu said, this is one of the first, the first of the seven glories of Srinam Sankiri. It's glorious. So it's glorious to, to go through those embarrassing chapters, in other words. <laughs> like Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur explaining in the Madhurya Kadambini, all these stages of bhakti. And generally most of the devotees will feel deeply inspired. In, 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 uh, what's the word? Uh, identified with this chapter called Anishtita Bhajana Kriya. Sometimes I joke with the devotees and I mention the six stages of Anishtita Bhajana Kriya. I said, raise your hand if you're identified with this. And it's like unanimous, full consensus. They raise the two hands and they start like to do like this. Utsahamayi, <laughs> Ganatarala, and all this, one after the other. Tarangarangini, all of that. Oh, that's me, that's me. <laughs> But it's interesting because if you analyze the stages, they may be a little bit embarrassing. And they show like lack of stability and contradiction and all this stuff. But Vishwanath Chakrabarti Pad is presenting them in the context of this is part of the Bhakti Mark. This is part of the project. This is part of the glories of Bhakti. Even though it may be embarrassing, it's not the ultimate goal, but it's one chapter of that glorious journey. So please maintain that, bear that in mind whenever you are touching the ground in those embarrassing moments oh this is part of my glorious journey also <laughs>
yeah, I need to embrace that. If I if I just want to run quickly to a, a Sakti or some other stage that looks more ecstatic and less embarrassing, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I may like to be a pure devotee only not to feel so embarrassed with myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the goal, that you arrive to Golok Brindavan and they ask you, Jai Vijay, before that in Baikunta, why are you coming here? Ah, I, I don't feel so embarrassed in this area here now. They told me here I will be more cool and I will know how to deal with them. So no, that was not the, the ideal motivation to come here. <laughs> so again, before calling Krishna cheater, first we have to do our homework. And, 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 and that's fearful. Again, now the word fear comes in place. Because there's fear. There's lots of fear. Fear may be the most all-pervading symptom of material existence. Every almost every single atom of material existence, if you will, is pervaded of fear. That's why it's called material existence. So it's important that we acknowledge that fear and work with that. Basically, and interestingly, in the context of Nishrimhadev, Nishrimhalila, Prahlad Maharaj, Hiranyakashipu, the main characters start to arise in these verses. We have main two characters of the drama are Prahlad. Hiranyakashipu, they are paradigmatic figures, if you will. And one, one is representing bhai or fear, and the other one is representing abhai. How is it in English? Fearless, fearlessness. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I practice my English with you as part of it. <laughs> so, on one side, and who is who, of course? Hiranyakashipu is the fear, the embodiment of fear. Prahlad is the embodiment of no fear. You have this quote in English, no fear. <laughs> they took that from the Bhagavad. Saint Mahadev to Parvati. The devotees of Bhagavan, Narayan, Vishnu, Krishna, Nishimhadev, whoever. They do not have fear, basically. He say for them. Hellish planets, heavenly planets, liberation, whatever, that, for them is everything is the same. Because they are so much focused in the right direction, that that's all. Focus in the right direction, that's all. <laughs> that's what Sukadev Goswami said to Pareksi when Pareksi asked him, I have seven days to live, it's, is that enough time? And Sukadev like chuckled, like saying, seven days? Only one moment of looking in the proper direction is enough. But really looking in the proper direction. And a whole lifetime, and a whole unlimited lifetime distracted from the proper direction won't be enough. So it's not about time, but what do we do with time? Remember, we say yesterday, Krishna is time. So how we, do we deal with time? Somehow we are showing Krishna how I'm dealing with you. Who are you for me? You are time. How I'm treating time? I'm worshiping time. I'm venerating time. Guru Mahesh likes this verse so much. This rising and setting of the sun is sending us a message. Time is passing. I'm killing you. Unless, unless you are engaging in glorifying he who is glorified by the topmost poetry. So, time. So Ranya Kashibu was totally freaking out regarding time, as you may know. I want to be immortal and, and trying to make all the arrangements that the whole universe may 
adjust to his fear of time, basically. <laughs> so it was some this emotional dysfunctionality for sure. <laughs> and Prahlad, the opposite. Extreme. So we, we may be closer to Rania Kashyapu than to Prahlad to begin with. We don't have to have, we have to acknowledge that maybe. I'm, in, in which sense? I'm not saying you are a demon in, in, the, in, in the gross sense, but Irania, what does Irania Kashyapu mean? Not, not so much, I'm not, I'm not going so much with gold and, and soft bed, that's etymological meaning. Of course, we may want those things and all the implications connected to that name, but again, Irania Kashyapu personifies this all-pervading symptom of material existence, which is fear. Fear. And of course, it's root, abidya, and other symptoms, and so on. But Irania Kashyapu represents this idea of preserving the false sense of being, basically, against the current of time, fighting with time, fighting with the world, fighting with everyone, trying to preserve the unpreservable. <laughs> I like to create new words, and if, that's the, if this doesn't exist, so. so that's the whole idea of fear. I mean, I'm swimming against the current, and I have this asmita, this false self of asmi of who I am. I want to, to, to kill the whole world just for the sake of preserving that. And fear of, and time, of course, keeps running. <laughs> keeps running. And you're filled of fear. And everyone else is against me, so I have to conquer everyone. That's the idea of Irania Kashipu. I have to conquer the whole universe because all of them are potential enemies. So Irania Kashipu is a very personification, I will say, of victim consciousness. Let's put it in more contemporary terms. Yeah, gold and soft bed, but victim consciousness. Like, I am the, everyone is against me. Some conspiracy is there in the whole universe. The devas are against me. I have to conquer them all, especially Bhagavan. I have to kill God. And to that point, of God is conspiring against me. Like, if you are so important, I like to have God conspiring against you. <laughs> but that was his, his idea, no? Everyone else is against me, so the, the, the finger pointing, the enemy is outside, the greatest of all cheatings. So that was where we put our hand into the Malika, this finger goes outside. Huh? You like to point, to point, do not enter, the, the idea is do not go with this victim consciousness in your chanting, basically. The, the finger is, someone else is to blame, not me, I'm the victim. Someone else must be the, the bad guy in the movie. When you are chanting, leave that tendency outside, please. That's not, that won't be chanting if you chant from that side. It's a symbol, but it, it carries some, some meaning there. And of course, if I feel everyone is against me, and I'm full of fear, I will try to control everyone, because I'm full of fear, and I want to warranty that they won't do anything to me. So I will try to dominate, to control. I won't trust anyone. I will feel the need to control everything and everyone. Try to imagine. No? If you feel that need, that's fear. I hear Bhaktanathakur is praying to Nisrimhadev, please free me from, from that fear. Because that will be a great obstacle in the path of Raghavakti. Raghavakti is such an intimate flow of affection and interrupted by any of these considerations. So, so that, at, at least to start conceiving properly the realm of Raj. I need to be free from these thick layers of fear and calculation. 
Because if I try to understand Brindavan with all these layers, I will, who knows which picture I will end up getting. So again, victim consciousness. That's an, an important point that they were speaking with. I don't know who at this point, but... But basically, victim consciousness means that stage of consciousness if, if, where you are in denial of personal responsibility. Basically, that's victim consciousness. Someone else is to respond for what I have to respond. Someone else is to blame for, for myself that I have to take responsibility. For whatever happened in my life, someone else is to respond. No, I have to respond. So someone in victim consciousness will feel the whole world is against me, or someone is against me, that group, that party. And God consciousness is exactly the opposite, strictly speaking. Victim consciousness is the exact opposite to Krishna consciousness. Yesterday we expressed what Krishna consciousness ultimately means. Remember? In the context of Raga Bhakti. So on one side you have Krishna consciousness, on the other side you have... Victim consciousness. On one side you have Pralat, on one side you have Hiranyakashipu. Silasiyar Maharaj will say that, translate that verse, the environment is friendly. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Try to embrace that idea. The environment is friendly. Especially in those moments, of course, when you feel this is the worst thing that could be happening to me. Put play to that that concept of let's say, the environment is friendly, but I not I don't feel friendliness. I feel eneminess. What's the word? Enmity, enmity, right? But that's not outside. The environment is friendly. As we said yesterday, we should be embarrassed to pay so little for what we are receiving. What to speak of complaining for what we are receiving and thinking this is the worst thing that could be happening. <laughs> That only shows the degree of how distracted we are from what's really happening. Hmm? This verse of the Bhagavatam basically saying, if you, if you should be experiencing all the things that you should be experiencing according to your past mis misdeeds, you, you don't have a clue about what you have to go through. Like Krishna is so merciful that he just reduced the whole thing to whatever is coming now. Vishwanath Chakrabartakur calls that Shobana Karma. It's, we say karma, but it's no longer karma. Let's call it beautiful karma. <laughs> so Krishna is sending this to your life in a certain way, but you are just being blessed. So the idea is, please do not play the victim when Krishna is throwing you that mercy. I mean, it's the most nonsensical thing you can do. God is sending you mercy, and you play the victim as a reaction to that. <laughs> you try to imagine. I try to show you my affection, and you reply by putting yourself into the victim characters, like, what? That's Rasa Basa from beginning to end or something. <laughs> hmm? So, a sadhu or someone who wants to really be a sadhu, to play that role, not to play the victim, <laughs> will see destiny, whatever comes to his, her life, this is the language of God, destiny, karma, shobana karma, whatever name you want to put it, and whoever plays the role of oppressor, if someone appears to do so, is the vehicle to deliver that message. I mean, I, I won't let just over-identify the so-called oppressor as the one to blame. And you have to be, to see, how it's in English, the bigger picture. And there's always a bigger picture than the, what you thought it was the bigger picture. <laughs> huh? 
In the beginning, we are just seeing through. How do you say when you put the key, the key in the in the door? Keyhole. Key okay, what's easier than it? <laughs> so sometimes we see that. I say, okay, that, that's the all in all. So I say, no, see the bigger picture. So you just open the door a little bit, okay? And you open full door. Now it's the bigger picture. No, now through the whole room down. And you see now, oh, that's a bigger picture now. And they will say, no, this is, this is still is a keyhole. Try to go beyond and beyond. And there's no limits to that. So the idea is not to play the victim, basically. In any single, especially in those moments that you have all the, you think at least you have all the good reasons to play the victim. Not, not at all. There are so, so many stories in that connection. <clears throat> well, to begin with, Prahlad himself, as we were saying yesterday. Prahlad had all the reasons to be a traumatized child of five-year-old that his father wanted to kill him from day one. I mean, he had all the, the, the good reasons to be a victim, quote-unquote. But what was he doing? He was praying when Nisrim Hadev insisted, ask a blessing from me, ask a blessing from me. And Prahlad said, I don't want anything, I don't want any blessing. Have you seen me f that I have mercantile face? That I want to make business with you? That I'm worshipping you so you bless me? I don't want that. I don't want any blessing. I already have the blessing. If someone says I don't want any blessing, means he, she has the blessing. <laughs> but Nishin had insisted so much. So he said, okay, please, bless my father. Bless my op oppressor, apparently. But he said, please, bless him, bless him. <laughs> No victim consciousness. That's the idea. And Prahlad, as we know, represents... Tomorrow we'll speak more about Prahlad. But he represents the, 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 the foundation of the whole temple of Raghavakti. In the sense of he personifies Santa Rasa. Which even in one sense could say it's not inside the Raghavakti equation. But Mahaprabhu came to give Charibhav, says Chaitanya Charitamrita. Das is Sakyabhatsalya Madhurya. Santa Bhav generally sometimes there are different views and opinions. It's not that much considered into the realm of Raga Bhakti. But it doesn't mean that it is to be dismissed in every single sense because all that Santa Rasa implies is there. I will say that from Dasya to Madhurya is part of the temple of Raga Bhakti. And Santa Bhakti is not there officially, but it's there as a the foundation of the temple. <laughs> Now, you don't see the, 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 the foundation when you see the temple, but you know there is a foundation, because if not, the whole temple will fall apart. So, as we say yesterday, what's the foundation of Santarasa? Selflessness, universal compassion, no victim consciousness. All these elements that still may not be the ultimate attainment in the Golag, but they are the foundation. So, they are, in one sense, as important as the other elements, if you will. <laughs> So Prahlad is personifying this idea, no victim consciousness. I always remember, I always, I always like, before even meeting the devotees, the famous story of, uh, how do you say in English, Socrates? Tis? Socrates, okay. You know the story when he was cursed to, not cursed, but he said, okay, you are to be, you have to live uh, at Athens, 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 or you have to die, basically. In brief words, he was like guilty of, uh, uh, how do you say in English, degrading the youth. <laughs> he was yeah, accused from that. He was speaking too much. 
and too sharp, sharply. He was too wise. <laughs> Interestingly, some of the ones who were learning with him were the ones who accused him eventually. So you can see for some people, some teachings may be too much. <laughs> they may not be ready for embracing a certain level of discourse. So well, the point that he was say, okay, you can leave Athens, Athens, that it will be like to say to to a Shetra Sannyasi in Braj, say you have to leave Vrindavan. Something, let's make some parallel. You have to break, leave your dam. No? I, oh, so you live there, oh, we kill you. Say, kill me. I won't leave Athens. Athens? Athens. No? But he said to them, no, the ones who were given to, how, how do you say what he drank in English? Hemlock. Hemlock. Yeah, in Spanish is cicuta. I don't know in English how to say that. Oh, whatever poison, yeah. So before drinking that, he said, okay, but if you are thinking, he spoke to the whole assembly with totally sober and balanced and with no fear whatsoever. And we know some of his disciples got some contact to make him free from the jail he was in. So he was able to escape. But Socrates said, are you joking? I mean, you are inviting me to escape from my fate I mean I have lived all this life personifying this particular message <laughs> and do you want me that in the final chapter of my life I contradict everything I say in my life and I run like a coward from death <laughs> I'm not afraid from dying I will embrace my, my fate I will I will drink them so he 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 ended up his life giving a whole discourse on the nature of the eternity eternality of the soul and so on but he said to the ones who were thinking they were killing him he said if you think you are, you will harm me, you will not harm me. You will harm yourself, basically, he said. <laughs> I won't play the victim. No? And you, and I, you are not my oppressor. You are doing whatever you do. But if you think in certain terms, you make yourself the victim and you will be the victim because you choose to play that role. I, I won't play that game. Sorry. So he drank and he left. <laughs> Perfectly so. <sober. laughs> So that's on one side. Well, we have the no victim consciousness, but nowadays, especially in, in, in postmodern society, when we have this like extreme sense of like subjectivity, like when whatever I feel personally, that's truth. That's my truth is whatever I feel as real. So that's really delicate. And of course, it's a reaction to some other extreme, but that's another thing. Nowadays, there is something called intersectionality, which means that, how to say, the, the, the more labels of oppression you, you, you put on yourself, hmm, the, more, the more your views on reality are considered as valuable by other people. The more you play the victim, in other words, you more, the more you have authority in certain circles in society. So that's like the opposite of what we want in our path of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. But those things can filter in our bhajan, <laughs> in a subtle way or who, who knows, in some way or not. There is some famous quote that says, we all suffer, hmm? but to be a victim is a choice. Because that's the point. Someone said, but Maharaj, if you, if you will know what happened to me when I... I will say, I mean, I can also share my story and we can cry and I can play the victim and take turns. Now you are the victim. Oh, poor of you. And now what happened to you? Everyone has their story. And if you didn't have any traumatic story, for sure you had in the future, you will have, you had in the past, you may have in the future. I mean, 
long boring story, material existence, <laughs> samsara, stop, victim, my thing. <laughs> to be a victim is a choice, that's a point. All suffer, yes, that's a fact, I mean, but to suffer doesn't mean that I will play the victim because I suffer. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's the point. So the idea is, if suffering doesn't mean play the victim, okay, I maybe I I may not be able to avoid suffering, but I can avoid playing the victim. So that's on one side. So suffering may be still coming. So what do I do with suffering? Again, not to play the victim. So what do I do with suffering? So of course the idea is, we do some, we have to do something. It's not just about not suffering, like you press the button and okay, now I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, okay, there's happiness, Prabhupada say chant and be happy, but also between the chant and the be happy, there's one, two brackets with lots of considerations there. <laughs> because I think all of you know that it doesn't just happen, chant and be happy and I doesn't need to do anything else, I just chant and be happy. But I see all of you doing so many other things apart from chanting. I'm still not being happy. <laughs> I want to say, well, that's because I, I, I'm not only chanting. And well, someday we may get closer to Haridas Thakur and his standards. Chant and be happy. But there is a form of suffering also that needs to be embraced. I mean, suffering is not a bad thing at all. We, need, we see that in present eternality, fueling the whole dynamics of the Lila. So it's not about stop suffering, but learn to suffer, I will say. And because we are not willing to learn how to suffer, we suffer. <laughs> not in the legal way, if you will. Not in a way that nourishes our happiness. Oh, sorry if you feel my discourse is paradoxical, but that's how it should be. <laughs> because if we don't learn to embrace paradox and all these type of so-called contradictory ingredients, we won't enter into a progressive stage of practice, what we call madhyam. Madhyam Bhakta, Madhyam Adhikari. So, <clears throat> so again, that's <clears throat> Prahlad Maharaj is a big example of non-victim consciousness. Once one devotee gave a lecture called Victim or Victor, like making a play of words. So you choose which of them. If you play the victim, you will never be a victor. You will never be a Bijai. We had, on, on a daily basis we say, Kijai, Kijai, Kijai means victory too, victory too. So that means if someone is victorious, means he's not playing the victim. So that's why we say Prahlad Maharaj, Ki, Jai. <laughs> and may his victory may be victorious over us. I still play the victim, Prahlad, please defeat me. <laughs> be victorious over me and learn, teach me how not to be a victim in any single moment. Because sometimes you can play the victim in a in a grotesque way, publicly, in social media, whatever. But sometimes it's just a very subtle thing that not even yourself are realizing that. <laughs> what is big others? But it's there, polluting the environment. <laughs> so we, we need to continue. And that's why Bhaktivinoda say, without disturbance, please, Mr. Mahabhagavan, help me to worship without disturbance. That's a very important point here, without disturbance. Without victimhood. I mean, so many things we can say regarding without disturbance, but without obstacles. And obstacles, as we mentioned, it's not that there won't be obstacles or there won't be suffering, but they may be the proper way to address that, the wrong way to address that. Mm -hmm. So obstacles can come, but if I'm properly situated, 
those obstacles will nourish me. So you can no longer call them obstacles. That's the, the question. I mean, if if, if 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 something is nourishing your bhajan, how much of an obstacle that is? So if you are properly situated, there are no obstacles, strictly speaking. And in that sense, Nishimhavagwan is the destroyer of obstacles. It doesn't mean there won't be any more obstacles or there won't be any more suffering, but by His blessing, I will learn to suffer. I will learn to embrace obstacles in such a way that they will fuel the fire of longing. Like the famous example, all the Goswamis wanted to join Mahaprabhu. For example, I don't know, Rupa, Sanat, and Raghunath. And at the very beginning, they were not able to do so. One went to jail, literally. Another was in the jail of his house. Raghunath Das Goswami was not able to leave. Gopal Bhatta wanted to join Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu himself told him, you stay with your parents till they pass away. So they wanted, but obstacle. But which was the result of that obstacle? The fire of their longing kept increasing more and more. more. It was another forest fire. That's, that's the only forest fire that can counteract the forest fire of samsara. One samsara con contracting another samsara. Samsara also means full essence. Samsara. So the great devotees are in one samsara and no longer in the other samsara. So if we have proper longing, and that's, that has to do with Raghavakti, Nishimha Dev is connected with Raghavakti. Raghavakti is all about longing. So if we develop proper longing in the proper Sangha, that longing will burn the obstacles and make them food, if you will, or medicine to begin with at least. There's this very nice verse in Prem and Samput, of course. It is speaking about Prem, but we can apply that on some level to, to lower stages, but it is said that the nature of Prem is that it nourishes from obstacles and gives the famous analogy of the lion and the elephant. A lion is, is walking on the, on, the, on the jungle and suddenly an elephant comes. So it's an obstacle. And the elephant is offering a good, a good fight, if you will. <laughs> so they fight and the lion ends up feeding himself with the elephant. So the, what it was an obstacle in the beginning became a full meal at the end, if you will. <laughs> so what we may consider, oh, this is an impediment, at the end it's nourishing me. Because of, of course, in the context, there is pram, there is longing, there is some, at least some little flame there. <laughs> and in, in the proper connection, that flame will become more and more. So the point is, those elements that are present in our particular condition as sadakas still are instilling fear in us. At least in theory, bear in mind, those things that give fear now have the potential to nourish my bhajan. Especially those things. <laughs> Especially those things that I still don't have the vision to appreciate how they can nourish my bhajan. So that, that's the challenge for the progressive sadhaka. Those things that I especially consider an obstacle, a problem, something that shouldn't be there, a, whatever, a curse, <laughs> mm. all these negative labelings that you used to put, still fear and all these negative emotions, if I just change my angle of view, oh, they can nourish my bhajan. As we said the other day, when the devotee asked Siddhar Maharaj, Guru Maharaj, can you give me an, one, one service, please? So let's say, change your angle of vision. End of distraction. 
<laughs> so there you have seva for eternity. Change your angle of vision. Those things that give you fear can nourish your bhajan. I cannot see it yet. Okay, change your angle of vision. Keep, keep adjusting the... Huh? More accurate, more accurate, more accurate. Hmm? So that's what we, what we were implying when we say anarthani vritti yesterday. Anarthani vritti is not just like, like, ex exterminating. How do you say in English? Exterminating, like annihilating, exterminating. 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 Sorry, exterminating the, the enemies, the bad guys. Now Krishna says in the Gita, Bandurat matmanastasya janatmi vatmanajita anatmanastu Your mind can be your worst enemy, can be your best friend. And of course the idea is, it should be your best friend. So you may say, but now it's my worst enemy. There you have a challenge. Make your worst enemy your best friend. You say, oh my God, that's... <laughs> Christ said the same thing. He said, love your enemies. He didn't say love your friends. That's easy. <laughs> love your father, love your mother, love your child. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's even difficult, but what to speak of? Love your enemies. There you have a challenge. Because, I mean, when you love your enemy, it's no longer an enemy. You realize, oh, that enemy has the potential to not be an enemy. So an artha bridge is the same thing. Whatever I perceive as an artha, it's actually artha. I'm paramartha, but I just have to change my angle of vision. Our Guru Mahesh once said that. that. That was an interesting concept. He said, Anarthani Briti means to take our enemies and place them on the altar. <laughs> Learn from them. Hear them. Let them teach you. <laughs> Put them in the altar. Put them in another perspective. Oh, they, have a, they, are, they are worthy of being worshipped by some particular reason. They are no longer enemies. You, cannot, you won't put an enemy in the altar. That's the whole idea. If they say put your enemy in the altar, it's like saying, make your worst, your worst enemy your best friend. It's no longer your worst enemy. It's no longer an enemy. So everything has to find its place in the altar. That's the whole conclusion. What a, change your angle of vision means everything should become an altar. Basically. Our altar at home, okay, is one specific spot. And, and the Kanishta mentality means... Okay, now I will worship the deity and I will see the altar. Kanishta means, okay, I, I find the altar in one spot in my house. <laughs> I close the altar, no more altar. Trees, people, problems, obstacles. And the altar, no, it's closed there. <laughs> no, the altar is not closed there. The altar is open everywhere. <laughs> you are closed. <laughs> Your cur you close the curtain. Of course, we have to begin somewhere. Okay, one spot, Krishna is there. The altar is there, something to venerate is there, but gradually means the, the curtain keeps opening and the altar is everywhere. And, and the drama, the stage and the drama of the lila, the curtain opens and <laughs> the drama begins, basically. You know? So we have to work on, on, on this stuff. And again, integrate whatever messiness is there, integrate as part of the offering. Like this famous, I think, Japanese art, the kintsugi, that they break the pots and they fill them with liquid gold like highlighting the messiness <laughs> but now as part of the piece of art oh now it's a finished product wow look at that particular scar you say scar mm -hmm. the scars are, are important they create some some scars also <laughs> the other day i was helping bhakti rasa <laughs> 
with she asked me to help her with put this how do you say these posts that you have there with this with this tool that you have to do like this so I was like for an hour doing that and it worked nicely I I, I channeled my Rajaguna considerably that was good but it seemed that at one point Rajaguna instead of turning to Sattva went to Tamas or whatever so I went like this and and this re rebounded and I oh did the it didn't fit in the in the place but rebounded on the border and like and then this like this so maybe you can see I have now a new tilak here a new ornament on my side so I acquired some scar in the context of that was for the cows so that was goseba so hopefully I acquired some some I acquired some scar <laughs> so hopefully there is some scars also bhakti some scars goseba some scars and if there are some scar here no problem it's a sign of some scar so Kintsugi is well that that messiness, some scars there, but hopefully in the context of, of some offering and trying again to to acknowledge all this. To as we say the other day, not, I think I we spoke about that in some series of lectures some months back. I remember Goranga Priya liked that those classes on the Damodar Lila in Kartik. We spoke about transcendence as integration of complexity. That's an important point because we sometimes speak about transcending and we just think about dismissing stuff. Like, I have to transcend, leave behind this world, this anarta, this enemy, like eva evasive mechanism actually. But transcendent means integrating. This is the movement, not this. <laughs> but this, integrating, making it part of a higher synthesis, if you will. Hmm? So, integration of complexity. Complexity will be another word for necessary suffering if you will <laughs> there is a necessary suffering we are not promoting masochism but there is necessary suffering and we may call it complexity something that needs to be adjusted and harmonized and put in its proper place still is paradoxical still is mysterious it still is unknown and integration of complexities backed for so that's what does it mean to be a madhyam to become an intermediate devotee a progressive Vaishnav, be willing to deal with integration of complexity and not just, oh, some complexity is coming, oh my gosh, no, running in the opposite direction and so on. No, trying to make some effort mm, to, to deal with that. And Krishna is so pleased mm, when he sees the loving efforts of the devotees. Chaitanya Chaitanya says that Bhaktira Prima Chesti Deki Krishnira Chamatkar. Bhaktira Prima, when he, Krishna says Bhaktira Prima Chesta Deki. The loving efforts of his devotees, whatever stage there are, Deki Krishnira Chamatkar. Krishna experienced Chamatkar. Like astonishment. Like, wow, you did that? Oh, wow, you're dealing with. Oh. When Gopakumar arrived to Golok, you remember Krishna embraced him, and both of them, how do you say? Fainted. Fainted. Yeah. And eventually Krishna said, oh, I, rem I was with you in every single moment you were struggling and going through this predicament. And I was there every time you knocked one door and the door was closed in front of your face. I was there with you in every single of those moments like this. No? <laughs> so, so we are trying to, to do that, no? to make our obstacle hmm, become nourishment, friends. And Narasimha Dev is there to help us in that regard, famous instance also that we can share in that connection is when when the Kasi in the beginning of the Gorlila the Kasi is quote unquote representing an enemy, a bad guy trying to oppose the flow of Sankirtan. And again the Kasi 
let's take it in a more archetypal way. So there is one Cassie inside of us. <laughs> so opposing the proper flow of Sri Nam and breaking the Mridanga, <laughs> if you will. At one point, I, I don't want to deal with all that that Sankirtan implies, starting with that Chetutarpana Marjana. <laughs> But eventually we know what happens. Cassie goes to sleep and he has a dream. <laughs> and the Srinadeva appears and says, Mridanga is my favorite instrument. And you broke it. I will break your chest now. And you know, Cassie shows Mahaprabhu, opens his chest and shows Samskar. <laughs> he acquires Samskar, Bhakti Samskar by Srinadeva's grace. And from that moment on, you know, the Cassie who was the, one of the main enemies became converted. So the whole idea is the obstacle became converted to Vaishnavism, if you will, by the grace of Nishimha Bhagavan, Nishimha Bhagavan in between. So he's the one who frees from obstacles into the path of Raga Bhakti. And also, again, he will be there when the Temple of Bhakti will be officially inaugurated in our heart, our Istade will be fully installed forever there. Mahaprabhu will be born Gorpurnima will be celebrated in our heart, if you will. <laughs> Love for Mahaprabhu will be born eternally there. Hmm? Bhakti Notagur had that beautiful darshan also, as you may know, when he was in these days rediscovering the Yoga Pith, the birthplace of Mahaprabhu. One day he was seeing some in the morning, how do you say in English? Like mist? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No? And dust in the morning, he was wondering what's going on here. And he realized, oh, it's Nishrim Bhagavan who is coming every morning to the Mongol Arctic of Sri Chaitanya Dev in the Yoga Pit. So, and all that had to do with the place of birth of Mahaprabhu. So again, we can connect hmm? Mahaprabhu being born, the Srimadev facilitating that. So in, in, in all these senses, we can also pray to Sri Srimadev as Bhakti Nautakura is trying to teach us here. Hmm? Crying sincerely, crying to pray, to worship, Shishi Radha Krishna, now, today I didn't speak about that idea, maybe tomorrow, sorry, but it, it, that's a, that requires a different <laughs> session altogether. Radha and Krishna, Navadip, Thakur Bhakti, you know, Hoa Radha and Krishna, Navadip, and so on. So maybe tomorrow we can share some ideas. So today we will stop, unless you have some, some questions, something you may like to share. <clears throat> Yeah. I like that you said uh, to turn the victim into the victor. Mm. So that mentality. And um, also... That was Arjuna Siddhi, by the, case, by the way, the one who made that class with that title. So was if you want to hear that, you can ask her. Uh, She's connected here. Arjuna uh, Siddhi Ki Jai. 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 Yeah, sorry. No, I, and then I like the, uh, the story. I haven't heard that metaphor, the lion and the elephant so mm. let your obstacle become your nourishment uh, and it was kind of reminding me of the famous um, Lord Brahma's prayers you know that famous one mm -hmm. that was kind of reminding me that um, whatever obstacle <coughs> or difficulty is coming you go on thinking of Krishna in your heart basically then you're, you're basically already liberated if you take everything as uh, Krishna's blessing mm -hmm. then no fear, you know, you're already liberated basically, so that's something to remember. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. Very nice class, thank you. Yeah, that's verse from the Bhagavatam, of course, is another session altogether, but <clears throat> yeah. 
shows the real standard of tolerance because in, in the Gita Krishna says uh, how is this verse? Matras parsas to You have to tolerate happiness, affliction in a mundane, mundane sense. So you know it's coming, you, you have some knowledge of why you have to tolerate and so on. That's one level of tolerance, but this verse of the Bhagavad Kampan is showing another degree of tolerance, which is Meanwhile, whatever comes to your life, you are engaging voice, body, mind in glorifying Hari. It's not just like, okay, I know this is my karma I have to tolerate. Mm, no. You are absorbed in bhajan and you are tolerating, but quote-unquote tolerating, because if you are really absorbed in bhajan, you, you no longer tolerate. So that's an important point. That Whenever you think you have to tolerate, when you grow, you won't feel any longer, I have to tolerate that. It's no longer something I have to tolerate. So what I, what I really had to tolerate before was my own lack of vision regarding that particular situation. You follow? If I, in yeah. some stage I feel, oh, I have to tolerate I'm written am, what to do? <laughs> <laughs> and I grow and I mature and I realize, no, I, I don't feel like I have to tolerate you now. So, so what, what was the thing before that I thought I had to tolerate? Was you? No, it was my lack of vision that I was dealing with. So it's not so much I have to tolerate all those stuff outside of me. <laughs> but we have to tolerate ourselves and deal with our own. And we have to be tolerant because some of those stuff won't leave us from one day to another. <laughs> so we need to be compassionate with ourselves in that sense as well. Because sometimes in the name of transcending and all that, we can become pretty paranoid and go mad in the name of Gaudiya Vedanta or something. <laughs> That's not the idea. The, uh, we have to tolerate our ourself, our own mind reminds me of that. I don't know where it came from, but the only you can hurt yourself. Mm. That is from some teaching. Mm. What, like only We can only hurt ourselves. Like nobody else can actually hurt us. Yeah, you were yeah, kind of thinking yeah. with uh, Socrates. Same, yeah. same idea. Yeah, as we say, everyone suffers, but you choose to be a victim or not. Yeah. So you choose to hurt yourself yeah. or not. So. And that, that calls for big responsibility because... It's, it's easier, quote-unquote, to play the victim than to take full reins of the situation and do all that's necessary not to play the victim mm. and to take higher stance. I mean, it takes so much commitment and responsibility and who is willing to do so? so hopefully we are. <laughs> that's part of our ideal. That's the lower part of our ideal. <laughs> so you won't get the higher part if you don't embrace it. Again, the foundation of the, of the, of the edifice. Edifice, you say? Mm. So, I, I'm sorry if I'm pounding too much this post, but sometimes we can, and, and I and I promoted that I will be speaking in the context of Raga Mark, and hopefully you can understand that this has to do with. Mm -hmm. We may spend all these five days and maybe five lifetimes from working on the foundation because it's a big temple. <laughs> it requires good foundation. It's not very easy to fall into varieties of sahajism or whatever apasampradayic stance are there. I remember we went with this series of lectures of the Apa Sampradayas and, and, and the main exercise, that was in Spanish, it was not in English. And the main exercise at the end of each class, we were going through these 13 Apa Sampradayas, Bhaktivinoda points to. And the main exercise was, okay, now, now let's detect how each of these Apa Sampradayic tendencies reside inside of us. <laughs> I mean, we are card carry members of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, but extra-officially, 
we have 13 more cards for each one of the 13 Abbas and Pradayas, and still, and, and, and we, you may be, you've been falling to these different possibilities in some way or another, some way or another. And nowadays there are much more than 13 for sure. <laughs> That's another thing. Something else, the ones connected online also, if you want, you can share any thoughts. We need the, uh, the, the post pounded so we can have some scars. Yeah. <laughs> so, keep pounding. Thank you. I take the analogy. <laughs> it was like an, it was like an insight because I remember I was bleeding like this. <laughs> because I was bleeding, I mean, you make it. And Bhakti Rasa was next to me looking in another direction with this big <laughs> headphones that you cannot hear anything for the big noise <laughs> so I just get closer to her I, I, I was going I think I will kill her of a heart attack because because she's very motherly also so I'm like her child and suddenly like <laughs> one minute before we were like no, no, no. <laughs> so I was like and I was back to Rasa and she was like back to Rasa and I tried to put him help and she and I knew that she will like turn at it. I seemed like, I said, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, no. And immediately I get some scar, have some scars. And, and it seems that it helped. He, he started to laugh and she, she got relaxed. So she was the main one who had to survive. I was okay compared to him. So the idea of some scar came. So it's okay, no problem. I will always remember that day in Goseva. That's a powerful moment. Krishnan and I were pounding posts not so long ago and, and you were giving classes and you were talking about pounding posts and I was I was saying this is what Marge is talking about <laughs> this is, that's where that comes from over and over and it may seem oh it's enough the, enough pounding but still the post the post moves a little bit no, no, no. it's got to be steady and even if it's not moving wait till you have some scar that, that's the moment you can't stop <laughs> Sorry, Amalsham, you were going oh, to say something. Um, I just wanted to, um, you, you were saying uh, about us learning how to suffer. Huh. You know, the sadhaka should learn how to mm. suffer. And I was just, I was just uh, thinking that what, when you were speaking from Ritanam, you were talking about this verse, Tateinu Kampam. Mm. This mm. So this is uh, kind of like the way to learn how to suffer. Uh, yeah, that's a way. That's one way. I mean, there are so many ways that we can speak about that. It may be another series altogether for some other busy. <laughs> because there are so many levels of suffering. I mean, you you go right to to the top of the of Lila Seva, and you find so much suffering there. I mean, there is suffering there more than any any other place, because they are loving there more than any other place. Try to understand this formula. The more you love, the more you will suffer. <laughs> but not as not the more you will suffer as you know suffer now. Because now we don't love. <laughs> so that's a problem, the tricky thing. When you hear, I don't know, Mahaprabhu suffering so much in the Gambira and the Gopis or whatever, all these stages in, in the Bhagavad. The Bhagavatam is about the Prakat Lila and Prakat Lila is about separation more than union. The Nitya Lila is more about union. Lila is more about so many songs in separation Benu Gita, Gopi Gita, Pranaya Gita, Jugal Gita, Viraha Gita, Brahmar Gita 
All these songs are Gopis crying and crying and different levels of separation getting more and more intensified. All this converging into Shirada, totally in Dibion match, speaking Chitra Jalpa, speaking to a bumblebee, and hearing the bumblebee speaking to her, and you say, this lady went mad, poor, I feel pity on her. No, 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 I shouldn't have like that. And the point is, she's suffering the most because she's loving the most. She's the ultimate Mahabhapsvarupina, the ultimate embodiment of the topmost type of love. So that has, is a coin, how do you say in English, two-side coin. But that suffering is in the context of love. It's mysterious, it's difficult to understand if we don't get closer to, to that. But we should understand that. Because many of us may start our practice, I don't want to suffer. And okay, it's a legal beginning. Krishna accepts that's in the Gita. The ones that come from the afflicted club. Okay, I accept them. Most of us come from, I don't want to suffer anymore, please. But when you are relieved, there's something else to do. As you see, when you go out of jail, your life is waiting for you there, with all its nuanced. <laughs> yeah. So, we prefer to suffer outside the jail than to not suffer inside it or something, whatever. No? So, there is suffering, but the suffering in love is, again, in love. So, there is a context to the suffering, which is, context is everything, if you will. So if we don't know what's love, we will project our own idea of non-loving suffering here. I will just feel, I don't want that. I, I knew some people who, who just got to meet the devotees a little bit and hear about, I don't know, Mahaprabhu and crying and, and perspiring blood <laughs> and grabbing his face in the wall. And, and, and he said, oh my God, I don't want that. And he became a Buddhist because he he embraced non-suffering to the point of nirvana <laughs> there will be no me no suffering but no me <laughs> so because he misunderstood the nature of the suffering in the context of prem this suffering seems like poison like something in, in, in undesirable but in the inside it's full of ananda, says Krishna. <laughs> so you need to go beyond the surface, beyond the apparent, how love's moving in a crooked way. It's unexpected. It seems like it's like this, but it's like that. It's crooked. It's indirect. Sri say, Vaishnavism is indirect. Indirect or indirect? Indirect? You can do either one. Okay, thank you. So. Parok Shabbat, all this is indirect. In Prema Samput, we were speaking the other day with Archana Siddha about that. No? And the Brahma Gita Sirada seems that she hates Krishna. Seems so, if you really are uninformed. You have to be really uninformed to conclude like that. <laughs> you may conclude. But in the Prema Samput, Krishna appears as a heavenly damsel and says, I, I come to appreciate your love, but, but that Krishna doesn't deserve you. It's Krishna himself speaking to her. No? He's such a crooked guy. He's a womanizer, a liar, this and that. You are all day long crying for him. Uh, so I, I, I agree that you have criticized him and you don't love him anymore. And she will say, no, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, it's not like, it's, it's not like that. <laughs> but Krishna says like a heavenly dancer, like, but it seems so. You say this, you say that, and he did this, he did that. Rather said, no, no, it, it's, it's not like that. It seems like that. 
but it's the totally opposite. And she starts to give a whole discourse on the nature of love, how she loves Krishna, how Krishna loves her. And Krishna is being instructed by, by his guru. <laughs> it seems one thing, but it's another. So that's the language of love, especially if we speak about romantic love. It's all about Parokshavat, indirect language. So indirect. The other day I was I told Subala we were studying uh, Lalita Madhava and Vidagda Madhava from Rupa Goswami. So much Parokshavat is there is so much indirect language that it seems that. It's speaking about something total. It, it, you really need to follow the, the dialogue to understand what they are really meaning because it's so hidden, so crooked, that it may like work what they are speaking about. You have to really be there. <laughs> and Krishna likes that so much. He says in the Bhagavad, Paroksham Mama Chapriyam. Paroksham Mama Chapriyam. The sages speak in a crooked way, indirectly, and I'm so fond of that indirect language. So he's so fond, Sri Radha will only speak in those terms <laughs> because she lives for that, for pleasing Krishna. So she doesn't even have to think, I will, okay, this pleases Krishna, I will, that, I will do that with pleases Krishna. Because there's no second option for her. There's not something else apart from pleasing Krishna. So in an intuitive, spontaneous way, she flows in that direction. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> Such a rich discussion. I have many species of elephants and lions <laughs> going on inside. But just now it's coming to seem really important just the simple point of checking our motives. Mm -hmm. Why? Motives Why? like motivation? Motivation. Mm. Why anything? You know, mm -hmm. to be sure that it's, at least with devotion, anything is out of like a positive attraction and not out of reaction to what I don't want. Not mm. moksha mm -hmm. Because, you know, Gopi Gita, Brahma Gita, very famous, the suffering of the gopis. Maybe someone, well, that sounds unattractive, so I go for Sakyaras. Mm. But underneath the motive is I don't want that kind of mm -hmm. suffering. The Rupa Goswami says that the Kalha boys are so much suffering from Krishna, they're boiling the Yamuna. They're in fever of separation, they jump in the Yamuna and it's boiling. Anybody who loves, Mother Yashoda, she's rocking the empty cradle and mm -hmm. you know, crying herself blind. It's not uh, so famous, rather than his madness and the Gopi Gita. Mm -hmm to check really I want this relation with Krishna not because I still am contaminating mokshavad this looks easier more fun mm -hmm. what's he playing but no everybody passes that it just said the prakat lila yeah the real school of hard knocks is the prakat lila and whatever your rasa it's dying alive to be you know completely I was thinking that I, call, I heard it wabi sabi when the, the thing breaks and they fill in the cracks with gold mm. like God made Adam of clay you know, so a person is made of clay, and when they break, they fill in with gold. Mm. But what if you just kept breaking it, and breaking it, and breaking it, until it's more and more gold? Mm. You turn a clay man into a gold man, because every last piece is broken. <laughs> <laughs> then you can go in the nitya mm -hmm. Whatever rasa you want, don't think you can escape the fire of pain. Mm. So just, that was important to me. Wow, make sure whatever choices, whatever aspirations. I don't, I don't want to spend years yeah. in my devotional yeah. path doing something for moksha. Mm. Yeah, I will say that's what Rupa Goswami means when he says Anukuliena Krishna Silanam. Anukul, favorable. This doesn't mean just I want to please Krishna, but mm. I want to please Krishna really. <laughs> it's not whatever it takes for me. And I've met some devotees telling me, I'm not interested in Madhurya Rasa. I, I, and that was like their justification. So I will go for Sakya Rasa. But I say, I don't, it doesn't work like that. It's not that you go for that because the other one seems like. 
first, yeah, as you say, ask yourself why you are not interested in that to begin with. And as you say, second, try to pay attention if that thing that is not interesting to you is not present in the other options that you think it's not. <laughs> because yeah, some months back we read some section of the forthcoming book of our Guru Maharaj and he describes the ten stages of separation of the Sakas. When Krishna is not in Vrindavan, oh my gosh, you're like... You, you won't think, oh, only the gopis are suffering, so, oh my... <laughs> if I wanted to avoid that by going here, that's not the game to play. <laughs> that's intense. Intense, that's intense, intense. But that means to, to love, basically, yeah. So, and I appreciate it, sorry, that point that going first to the Prakat Lila with all that it implies. Of course, in one sense, we are already going through some form of earthly Lila, Shristi Lila, but again, before entering to the Aprakat, as Vishwanath Chakravarti mentioned, first you have to be born in, in Gokul, whatever is going on on earth, and keep distilling, entering the different circles of fire, if you will, to really make the final offering. <laughs> Because if there's so much intensity, he's, he makes this point. And part of that much intensity has to do with degrees of suffering and separation. And, and, and one of the main points of entering the Prakat Lila has to do with that. That you will enter and you will have close association with the Nita Parishads and to um, imbibe re whatever remaining some scars are there. You already have Prem. <laughs> you are born in the Prakat Lila to further distill your Prem in whatever successive stages remains, Nehaman, Pranaya, Raganurag, Bab, Mahabab, whatever your, your affinity. And how that will happen in, in big part by being close to the Nitya's associates, Nitya Siddhas, and to witness and imbibe some scars from how they go through separation of Krishna in the earthly Lila. And that will just make the final product if you read something. <laughs> And, and yeah, you have to be willing to pay that price. It's like, first of all, at least we have to learn in theory what's that about, and to see if I really want that. <laughs> because if something in me says I don't want that, so first, so then you have to really reorganize yourself. I am here for Gaudiya Vaishnavism, or right. or what? Because you may idealize in Golok Brindavan, and, and and you won't end there. You will go who knows where, Swargalok, something like that for sure. And someone may have a peak of feather in Swargalok and you think, oh, I'm in Golokundahan. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Someone raise a hand, yeah. Um, I have a couple of questions. But my first question is, some of my obstacles, uh, there's, like, there's like obstacles, like situations and sort of, you know, blessings, karma blessings. Mm -hmm. Um... And so I understand your point about like, trying to turn those around to nourish your sadhana and your mm -hmm. But then what about like the internal obstacles of like laziness the obstacles born of like mode of ignorance and passion and those obstacles just seem like things that I need to turn my attention away from or Eradicate and transcend, and, and I, I'm, I want, I'm asking for more insight on how to turn those obstacles into put those obstacles on the altar. Maybe that's not part of the analogy. No, I get the point. Yeah, I get. Yeah, of course, I'm not saying like you are lazy and, and the word to. No, I'm lazy. 
I'm, I'm also, of course, I mean, we are here, we are lazy on some degree or another. <laughs> lazy has so many implications, it's not just I like to stay half an hour extra in the, on bed or something. No, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not willing... Yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, ideally, we don't have a separate notion between the two. For us, material life is spiritual life, or, or I will say spiritual life is, is material life, ideally. No, we shouldn't make a... That to begin with, that's All an important right. point okay. of, of the answer with your permission. <laughs> because if we think in, in those dual terms, we ourselves are, are creating that duality and difference. I have my material life and I have my spiritual life. Why don't you make that that you consider material part of your spiritual life? Because it has the potential. What, what do you think is your material life? To have a children, that, that shouldn't be material. To maintain your house, that shouldn't be material. Because it shouldn't be your house. <laughs> to take care of your children, that shouldn't be material because they are not your children, ultimately. I mean, all, all, all that goes back to the idea of I, me, mine, hammameti. If I think myself in terms of my house, my body, my, my people, my possession, of course, that creates material consideration. But if you understand my husband, my children are Vaishnavs, my house is the temple of Takuti, and I am just one sevaka there, and I'm trying to take care of this, I have received that blessing. It sounds nice, of course, easier said than done, but I mean, that's the challenge for all of us. I mean, that's the challenge. So, regarding spiritual laziness or whatever, uh, yeah, what, I, what I'm saying, we, we are to put them in the altar, I mean, we are to to make them show their ultimate face. If you will, laziness is just like the shadow of of its ideal other face. What's, what's laziness? Spiritual laziness... I mean, spiritual laziness may have to take you to, to, to introspection. Like, you are spiritually lazy, you say, on some level. And again, I don't think anyone is free from that. <laughs> so, let, let your anartha make you introspective. Before, before thinking I had to get rid of this stuff, try to think, why? Why I'm choosing laziness over the proper thing? Why? Why I'm attracted to... Try to think about... Not to think too much, but <laughs> there is place for being contemplative and being introspective and, and not just quickly trying to... I will turn some rounds so I, I get rid of this as quick as possible, but try to see why they are here why they have not left me yet, <laughs> what they are trying to tell me. I mean, I have to learn from my quote-unquote enemies. If you don't learn from your enemies, they will never become friends, basically. So you may learn that you need also more association, more intimate connection with certain sadhus, more commitment in your sadhana, more... I don't know, I mean, I don't know you, so I cannot speak in detail, but the point is, whenever a particular quote-unquote obstacle knocks on my door, I try to first, try to hear the obstacle, <laughs> if you will. It's trying to tell me something. So, uh, what do you want? What do you want out there? Yeah, yeah. Because generally we just like, like the three monkeys, and try to kick that out. It's like, because we don't want to see that. I mean, in the beginning moment, we don't want to acknowledge that's there. It's embarrassing. Or, or whatever, we, we feel guilt, we feel shame, 
we identify with that uh, and we think nobody will love me because I have the whatever we try to evasive mechanisms and many of them as we say yesterday some subconscious <laughs> the shed the shed the barn is there operating <laughs> so it's it's good to take time to get to know with those guys if you will <laughs> what was the barn is it long what was mm. Sorry? Ah, because yesterday in the lecture was... The shed was your subconscious. The you, you, you have things in the dark stored in there. And yeah. the shed, all kinds of junk gets stuck. Too many analogies per class, sorry, what to do. Forces and, and, and elephants and posts and barns. that it's a subconscious rather... Like, trying to figure out how to take that term and, and see it in the right way and I've, I've never heard that so it was really enlightening to think of it as like well yeah it's a subconscious uh, thing I, I can't you know it's pretty the you know chitta, the chitta yeah, yeah. The chitta. so pretty pretty far out when you think still it's something quite evasive and difficult <laughs> maybe to grasp but at least we kind of locate where is that or how is that and yeah. and also the, the thing that the subconscious journal is moving puppeting us more than what we think. Mm -hmm. you know? Not to go crazy, but to bear that in mind and trying to become as awoken as I can. Because to become enlightened means the subconscious is no longer puppeting me. I'm really conscious <laughs> of what's going on. So I will recommend to start... Pay attention, see how, how you react to that, to those things. If you really want to hear that, to pay attention to that, to acknowledge whatever has to be, or quickly one wants to. And if one wants to do this quickly, they won't leave. <laughs> they became So try to hear them, learn from them, and take the necessary measurements. Of course, the positive embracement of, embrace of whatever needs to be done for... And also, patience. Because, again, some of those things are so much ingrained as we were... We cannot conceive how many lifetimes we have been maybe hmm, living with together with these tendencies and identify with them. So, I mean, of course, it's not a matter of, okay, I have three million lifetimes. There's no fixed number. So I need three million. It's not... A, but still, that may take some time. <clears throat> Once one devotee told Shalasir Maharaj asking... <laughs> Gurmash, how many lifetimes will take for me to get to my ultimate goal? If I do things nicely, let's say, of course, not if I cheat myself. So it seems that the devotee was expecting some kind of this very lifetime. So that's when I say, well, two, three lifetimes. And the devotee was shocked. And Siddhartha was shocked. <laughs> the devotee say, two, three lifetimes? And Siddhartha say, is that too much? <laughs> he was struggling. What's two, three lifetimes? I mean, you are coming from unending, uncountable birds, and I'm telling you two, three lifetimes. That's nothing. That's, that's embarrassing. Again, I'm paying so little. <laughs> and we shouldn't even be concerned about that question, mm -hmm. actually. As my Guru Mahesh will say, when I will get free from this world, when you stop asking that question. <laughs> that's the day you are already be beyond all that consideration. That's a good one. <laughs> Oh, one, one day also I remember Brigupad asked Guru Maharaj, Guru Maharaj, when I will go to Golok Vrindavan? He asked. <laughs> he laughed with the question. And Guru Maharaj said, in three lifetimes, he says, Sadhana Bhava Prem. 
whatever it takes <laughs> to those to get the, through those three lifetimes. <laughs> so, but Shiraz basically will say the process is so nice in itself. So where do you want to go? <laughs> you you follow my point? I mean, you are not going to a, a place where you will be doing something different to what you are doing now. So if you want to go as quickly as possible to some other place, it means you are not doing things nicely now. Because we will, I mean, that's the uniqueness of bhakti, which is the means and the goal. In eternity, we don't expect to do something different from what we are doing now. The only difference, of course, it will be the motive, the internal disposition. But externally, we may be doing comfort lamps for eternity. <laughs> but the motivation will be so accurate that there will be no problem. That will be my eternal service, comfort lamps. But there's so much content there, so everything becomes so much simplified externally, because internally is so developed. No? <laughs> Someone raised their hands before? No. Yes. Just some thoughts on um, you know you were saying about how um, to uh, you know to, to learn from our enemies and to on that subject, um, and it just made me think that. Um, if we adopt the practice uh, from the Shukshastika prayers of thinking ourselves lower than the straw in the street, adopt this actual mood of humility, then everywhere we look, whether it's an obstacle or our enemies, we don't think that we're above it or that you know, I don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course, I'm, you know, I'm low, I can learn from this, or this person is, even though they may be some, I may be irritated, it's not their fault, it's some, you know, just some thought of yeah. Of course, I, I I I was planning to speak about that verse some of these days, uh, but of course for us that's like the golden rule, if you will. And that's so crucial. Krishna Daskaraskar Swami says, if you want to attain prem by chanting nam, that chanting should be done in the spirit of this third verse. So in one sense, this third verse is more important than three nam itself, if you will. <laughs> Because it's given the context in which the chanting should be expressed. And the chanting is not only the moment I sit in my room privately and chanting Japa. It's easy to, to be humble and tolerant in my bhajan kutir without anyone else bothering me. <laughs> in one sense. In another sense it's not easy even because so many things going on. But I'm saying in the sense of also when I wake up outside my bhajan kutir I have to continue applying that verse. And again it's easier said than done. Because we can say... You have to be lower than the straw, more humble. Thank you for the poetry, Maharaj. <laughs> it's poetry, but it's a... You see, poetry is, is sweet, but it has a price to pay. <laughs> to live into the land of poetry. We can speak poetry, write poetry, but we inhabit, inhabit the concept. That's another whole different thing. So we have so many concepts. That can be dangerous. <laughs> Because we can't forget, I am to inhabit the concept. Each one of these concepts are, are, are waiting for me to inhabit them, to live them, to walk the talk. But yeah, we have to begin somewhere, and that verse is really like a, how you say, like a torch, no, light, how is this torch big? Light. Yeah, whatever, some light. <laughs> like a point of reference. For me, that yeah. I try to, to, to engage in that exercise. Whenever I feel some disturbance of whatever type, I try to feel... In which level I'm failing to embrace this third verse of Sikshastakam? Not in a neurotic way, because you can go crazy also, but I know that I always can make some improvement in how much I embrace that verse. 
And for sure, if I'm not giving my doing my best with that verse, maybe that lacking that I'm not giving fully myself is what is creating this disturbance over here. And generally I say that to the devotees, like joking, but seriously also. <laughs> Many times devotees come, or not come, but I see their faces and what to do. Being a sannyasi some years makes you read the faces of people. <laughs> so sometimes I tell them, what's going on? Uh, mm, uh, mm. And I start to ask them, how is your chanting? How is your sadhana? How is this third verse? And they rep uh, mm, uh, mm. <laughs> So there you have your answer. No? Try to embrace that more tightly. And your face will change and your expression. But yeah, we have to. Yeah, that verse is all about responsibility and commitment. You don't find victim consciousness in that third verse for sure. She's Shastakam ki jai, Shila Gurudev ki jai, Shiman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Shrinam Sankirtan ki jai, Shri Thakur Bhaktivinod ki jai, Nishimha Bhagavan ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivrinda ki jai, Gaur Pramanda ki jai.